The following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. Point. I'm Nathan Kay. And I'm Craig Lewis. Today, we're looking at the only MP3 player once banned in France for being too loud. I thought you were going to say too awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess portable devices were limited to only 100 decibels in France. Um, today, we are talking about the only MP3 player once offered with the signature of either Madonna, Tony Hawk, Beck, or no doubt, laser engraved on the back. Oh, no doubt. No doubt as in that's who you want, or as in no doubt, that's oh, the MP3 player no we're talking about. No doubt I would get about. the Tony Hawk one. That's right. We're talking about the iPod. Classic, but the iPod in general. So will this episode kind of be like in memoriam? Um, I guess, if we're admitting that it's dead. Oh, update from last time on Fairpoint? Last week, I was arguing with Nathan on the podcast that I could find one on Amazon, an iPod Classic, for $110. Yeah, no. Update. I couldn't. It was just the case. It was Sorry. a case. My bad. They were trying to trick poor saps like you into buying it. Oh, I wouldn't have bought it. I, would have, I probably would have figured out it was just the case before. Yeah, we're looking at the ill-fated iPod Classic, which Apple just, for some reason, unceremoniously, sacrilegiously decided to shoot behind the shed. It is time. It is time to move on. It's time to move on to touches. Soon touches are going to be outdated, and it's just going to be like air touches. That's not the same thing, Craig. I'm sorry. Time to move on. You put the VCRs away. No, Craig. I'm sorry. To somebody... You put the eight tracks away. To somebody that likes music, that wants the best available technologically music player there is, that is like saying, no, I'm sorry they don't, I'm sorry TVs aren't available on the market anymore. Why are you worried? You can watch YouTube on your smartphone. It's not the same thing, sir. I don't think, I don't think what you said is the same thing. No. Because you still need your TVs. Well, calling an iPhone a music player is like calling it a TV. Well, a TV is a music player. Kind of. Okay, sure. <laughs> that You're right. That'll totally replace my iPod Classic, Craig. <laughs> Just bring it with you. No, you they totally killed it, uh, according to them, because they, they can't get the materials to make it anymore. I, I guess it was made of fucking unobtainium and unicorn horns, but... Well, that would make sense if it was made out of unicorn horns. Those, you can't find any more any at all. Like, horse horns, though? Those come... I mean, you can find those anywhere, so why not just make them with those instead? <laughs> Same difference. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they, they of course, screwed over poor people like me who are are super broke and pay more in rent than they make and have been saving up to buy a fucking new iPod Classic for over a year only to... to Send donations to P.O. Box. We'll just say that if there wasn't a market for it, people wouldn't have been paying $1,000 for them on eBay this past holiday season. 
$5,000. Well, I don't think it's so much whether or not there's a market. That's obviously a lie. There is a market. It's just they think it's a bad investment to make something that lasts when they want you to replace your shit every two years. Yeah, and, and sign up for their stream. You know what? We're going to talk about the real reasons it got killed later on. We're going to talk about the development, the birth, the history, the cultural impact of the iPod. And it's going to be one hell of an episode. You're right, though, as far as it being in, in, in memoriam. I was sincerely sad while researching this topic. It was like not to compare the tragedy of losing a unique human life to a piece of technology that can be brought back at any time. But it was like when we were researching the Robin Williams episode and I was sincerely like, oh, my God, this sad. is so sad. Like, you. this is gone. It's gone. Uh, it's gone. So... I'm going to go ahead and bet dollars to your donuts that you're going to want to knight the iPod by the time we're done. Oh, yeah. We, we've definitely got to knight and canonize the iPod classic. We'll talk about that later. Well, we'll talk about right now the Grammys. Sentence make I good construct. Yeah, das ist gut. Do you watch the Grammys, Craig? Did you see this year's? No, I don't, I don't think I've seen the Grammys in over 10 years at least a complete one. I've seen, I haven't seen any of an actual Grammy in three years, at least. I don't think I've ever watched the Grammys. I've see, I like music. That's why I don't really have much of an interest in the Grammys. I'm kind of surprised (laughs) they still do those. Like it's just a joke. I think the Grammys are just a huge joke. I'm sorry for being really pessimistic. It is funny when people make such a big deal out of it. And it's like, guys, 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 Iggy Azalea was nominated in like four different categories. This shit is not for people that dig music. Send all your hate mail directly to Nathan Kapiser. <laughs> this shit is for the people that like when the radio plays songs that have a lot of bass. Um, wait, I think there's a line here for that. I feel like... Okay. Is that... It's all about the bass. About oh, no, I was, it, it wasn't... What I said was not about all about the bass. Because it's about <laughs> music and not butts. But... It is weird that that song doesn't really have much bass in it. (laughs) See, that's where she gets you. So it's no secret that the people who run the Grammys probably don't give a shit about, like, say, hip hop. Um, I think it's funny because you look at, like, the people who are nominated, and I really think they were just like, oh, now rap. Well, let's just listen to generic pop radio station for an hour and we'll get all the songs that came out in the last five months. Yeah. So you're saying is that uh, Beyonce should have won. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) No, but look at like, okay, well, well, we'll get to that in a second, Craig, but like best rap album. Well, yeah, Eminem won. We all know I'm not a big Eminem fan, but then again, really, he was up against against, Eminem is like the speaker of our generation up against Wiz Khalifa Schoolboy Q and Iggy Azalea. Hey, I know three out of the four of those. So that ain't bad. Common and uh, Childish Gambino were nominated as well. Was Childish he getting big? He getting he getting more play? Yeah, Childish Gambino's gotten really big in the last year. Good for you, Mr. Glover. It's not his best album that was nominated, but musically, it's so much more of an actual like you know attempt at making music than the Marshall Mathers LP. You know what? Oh, we're back on Eminem. Well, that's what we were talking about. I was. I thought you were just starting to talk about uh, Childish Gambino's well, best rap album. album. But uh, all the all the rap nominees were just like Drake, Anaconda by Nicki Minaj, uh, Wiz Khalifa, 
Weedem boys. Like, it's like, okay, so this isn't actually like people that are looking for the best rap songs of the year. This is the the rap songs you heard when you turned on pop radio for an hour. But but I think Weedem boys should be nominated for worst rap song. But we all know the truth is Beyonce should have won every category ever. Yeah, and all the people that did win... Uh, Shame you know, on you. You should, you should show respect to true artistry and give your Grammys to Beyonce. Oh, my God. What was the quote by Kanye West? Hold on. Fucking clown. When you keep on diminishing art and not respecting the craft and smacking people in their face after they deliver monumental feats of music, you're disrespectful to inspiration. That, of course, was Kanye West speaking on everything he's done since college dropout. No. Oh, no, never mind. I'm being informed. That was Kanye West on the Grammys. On the Grammys. Not on his own approach to making music since 2004. (laughs) Um, Good on you, sir. Yeah, fucking clown shoes is all that was. Yeah, Uh, he... Dude's a joke. Stormed the stage again after Beck won uh, album of the year. on you, Kanye West, for making me actually agree with Shirley fucking Manson. What did Shirley Manson say? Oh, she blasted Kanye saying that in doing so. He's nothing but a hypocrite. And like, he's the one that's actually disrespecting artistry by disrespecting the people that did win. Like just because Beyonce is your friend, like doesn't what? I think Jay-Z should be worried. And so should Kim. (laughs) I can just see the Grammys like giving a fucking posthumous nod to like, uh, what's a, have any musicians died this past year that were big? Sure, someone really important has, and we're being really disrespectful by not remembering. Um, I don't know. I'm terrible with that sort of thing. We'll just say Robin Williams. We'll say they're doing, even though the Grammys wouldn't. It's just a placeholder. So they're ooh, like, ooh, ooh, actually though, actually though, uh, the Grammys did cut a segment with Joan Rivers for time. Okay. On Joan Rivers. Fine. So they're like posthumous award. Lifetime Achievement Award to Joan Rivers, and Kanye storms the fucking stage while that's going on. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, this should have been for Beyonce. Uh. And they're like, posthumous means they're dead. He's like, oh, she ain't dead? She ain't dead? Pulls a gun out, fucking shoots Beyonce. Jay-Z's like, ah! (laughs) Kanye, no! (laughs) Seriously, like... Boy, that took a dark turn really fast. Maybe if Beck's album went all the single ladies, 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 all the single ladies. Maybe then they would have given it to him. Uh. Should have put a ring on that bitch. No disrespect to Beyonce. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, her fans are like diehards. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have any problems with Beyonce. I was poking fun. Sure, but I poke fun at everything. Give me a break. It was kind of cool seeing Beck be a real team player about it, the whole thing, though. Why did he storm the fucking stage when Beck accepted the award? Why didn't he storm the stage when, they were, when the person with the envelope was reading the nominees? Like, yeah. Beyonce wasn't on that fucking list. Oh, she wasn't even on the list? No. He was up against U2, the Black Keys, Tom Petty, and somebody named Ryan Adams. No, not Brian Adams. Ryan, Ryan Adams. Adams. He's... Brian Adams' Discount brother. Brian Adams. <laughs> He's discount Brian Adams. <laughs> Drop the B, get the rye. He's the Brian Adams of the, the South. <laughs> As in, like, the United States, you know? It just shows that we're really not that aware of what's popular on the charts these days. <sighs> That's what that's what's up for best album. Like that's kind of depressing. Didn't uh some guy I've never even heard of, Sam Smith, won new artist. New artist. He also won uh he also won record of the year and song of the year. 
Sam Smith's pretty cool. I don't have anything against Sam Smith. Never he heard makes, of him. He makes decent music. Is it? Uh, it's like pop, right? Yeah. It's, or is it kind of like folksy pop? It's R and B e electronica e. Oh, it's, so I'm thinking of something different. I'm probably thinking of like the shit that Ryan Adams is putting out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. I've only heard a little bit by him, but it's not bad. But I guess congrats to Beck. You're cool. But seriously though, like Radiohead should have won that shit. <laughs> We should just start storming every award show. Radiohead should have won it. Tom York's like, they didn't put out an album this year. I put out a solo album. Like, no, don't nobody it doesn't give a, matter. Don't nobody give a fuck about your solo shit, Tom York. Radiohead should have won that award. Branch of Radiohead. Hello, listeners. Glad to see you're still with us. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about a few inspiring and edifying news stories. Craig, what do you have to share with us for today? Definitely something inspiring and edifying. <laughs> that is for damn sure. Wow, you don't even know, and you just gave me a perfect intro. Oh, I, 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 you don't even know, and you just <laughs> gave me a raging heart on. <laughs> you would not know, even if I was. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, Craig, I'm aware. I'm aware. You can sit down. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so I have a new personal hero, man. Oh, did you see the news story out of KTLA? Los Angeles, I guess, is the news channel there. Oh, okay. I was like, KTLA. Yeah, KTLA. Mr. Steven Kuzj is my new hero. Okay. He was uh, doing an on-the-scene report, just like on the streets, talking about measles vaccinations, right? Okay. And it shows the shot getting ready to get set up. And some homeless, like, vagrant, like a bum or whatever, starts coming towards, like, the camera, starting to speak in gibberish, right? Nobody can understand him. And he just, like, it just shows him shoving the dude way out of the way. And then just, like, turning around to the camera without even missing a beat goes right into the story. <laughs> he's like, hi, I'm Steve. <laughs> like, he just shoves. He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what? And he, what he said was he didn't want the guy to, like... To ruin the report, and so like by swearing or something and using profanity and stuff, so he was just like, "Think fast, uh, get out of the fucking picture." All right, hi, I'm Steve Kuzch, and uh, well, measles oh, are on the rise. Hold on, oh, the newscaster shoved the homeless guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Oh. I thought the newscaster was delivering this news story. He's like measles with measles on the rise. There's uh, vaccinations being offered by to all and your then, fault anti-vaxxers. <laughs> And then the fucking homeless guy walks up mid-sentence and just shoves the news guy out of the way and looks at the camera and puts his hand up by his chin like he's holding a <laughs> microphone. And he's like, you can get your vaccine you here at the local pharmacy or at your doctor's or something. It just keeps going with the news stories. Like, let's go back to Jim for the weather. <laughs> um, although that would make for a way more interesting story. Yes. I don't think I would have led in as he's my new hero. I would have. That I feel that's horrible, Best Craig. Homeless guy. If the ever. homeless dude shoved the newscaster out of the way and took his job. That would be horrible. I would I would be like new hero. You a newscaster shoves some poor, not mentally stable homeless man and you're like new hero. What a leader. Oh my god. But uh not since the days of Walter Cronkite have we seen such dedicated journalism. Dead serious. He, he was like, the show must go on. Bam. Crumple them. <laughs> when are you going to start taking the news seriously? <laughs> Actually, now. Now is a good time to start. <laughs>
So what if you, during your next news story, a homeless man just walks up and just shoves you out of your chair? And, oh God, I'm taking over. Fire I would respect him. <laughs> uh, well, while we're on the topic of news and talking about things that happen in the news and actual <laughs> news stuff, more things, news from the NBC News. Things don't usually happen in the news. It's usually just the news that's covered. It's not like there was a 52 <laughs> car pileup in the news station today. Well, no, but there is a news story about the news. Huh? News, Newsception. Newsception. I beat you to it. This I heard time. you like news, so I put some news in your news. Dog, pit my news. News. That, um, word, that word officially means nothing to me or anybody listening anymore. <laughs> Sounds like well, it's spelled it with does. two O's and a Z-E. News. Have you heard that Brian Williams is in like hot water? Hot water. Brian Adams? Brian Williams. Who's Brian Williams? News. The news guy for NBC News. He's a reporter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking and about. And this that. is what I meant by news about the news news. He's in hot water. Somebody get him out. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he's pruning up real good. <laughs> <laughs> he's been suspended for six months without pay because it has been found out that he had lied about what he had been through in the Iraq war reporting the news. He had said like, and I quote, well, maybe I should just paraphrase instead. He was like, there were Iraqi soldiers everywhere, man. I was shooting over here. Boom, boom, boom. A couple soldiers down. Hey, that's Saddam Hussein. Get back in your hole. I knocked him back into the spider hole, told the soldiers where he was. Kept fighting. Well, something like that. To somewhat of an extent, he was in a helicopter and it was downed by an RPG missile. So he said. And what? now he's like, oh, I misremember it. And now he's apologizing. And now it's like, you're a liar. I, I misremembered that. We actually landed safely <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> on a it helicopter was so scary. pad. It was also scary. It felt like we got bombed down. I, I was actually, the only one that survived. Turns out that was actually on Grand Theft Auto. See, video games, violent video games, they affect your mind. Uh, so other than just being generally untrustworthy, like he was ranked. And I don't know, don't even ask me where they get these stats because they just pop up out of nowhere. And I'm like, prove these stats. And they're like, no. But uh, supposedly he was ranked the 23rd most trustworthy person in America. That's, <laughs> Before that's <this>. hard facts. <laughs> Before <laughs> this. And now, well, it has to be. There has to be who some makes, kind of grounds behind it because who, they get specific with the number of ranking. Who, who makes a list? I have no idea. But now. It's like, that's not true. That's not true at all. My friend Lou's really trustworthy. <laughs> My friend Lou. He, <laughs> He's number one. You're number one, Lou. My friend Lou takes my wife out to dinner every weekend. He ain't never once made a move on her. He even lets her stay over and sleep on his couch sometimes. Yeah. And he ain't never once made a move on her. Right, Lou? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never make a move. No, never make a move. Somehow, we moved to Lou being the number one <laughs> well, most trustworthy person. Lou was ranked 25. He was like oh, one or two behind off, yeah. Brian Williams. Well, now Brian Williams. Brian Adams was ranked 20. So he was a couple ahead. <laughs> but that's acceptable. So, you know what? The thing that I'm realizing is there's a portion of our audience that don't know who Brian Adams is. I'm sure. And I, I'm sorry, but you're also kind of lucky. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> don't bother Googling it. But now Brian Williams is supposedly ranked the 835th most trustworthy person in America. For real. No, I thought this was like a Time Magazine list. No, this is legit. 
<laughs> told you. Government files. Don't ask me to prove facts because I don't know where they get these things. How far does the list go? Are we on the list? <laughs> I'll take you to uh, one last spot as far down as 3,021st. One last spot. That's my favorite band. <laughs> one last spot. As far as what? I'm sorry. 3,021. No. Yeah, the 3,021st person. Uh, this is the only other number I got on this thing. So I, who knows how far down the list go? We're probably like, you know, it's not fair because they don't know us, but we should be like 10 or 11. So who's number 3,000 doobity doobity? Oh, you mean the person that's still not as trustworthy as Brian Williams? Papa Bear himself, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not too shabby for Just a Bill right wing nut. Was Charles Manson and... <laughs> At 20, 3020, Charlie Manson. He had some good ideas. OJ Simpson was up there on the list. No, at least, no. Bill O'Reilly's not that bad. OJ Simpson was like 3022. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody could even like question us on this because, I mean, if nobody heard, <laughs> don't even try. At least, I mean, I think it's like Leonardo DiCaprio is at like 50th. why why (laughs) because facts i don't think any actors should be allowed on the list (laughs) because of science the greater an actor you are the less on the list you are because you could have just been acting the whole time oh so what you're saying is that ellie larder should be higher up on the list yes (laughs) because you can see right through it she (laughs) ellie larder is not going to be able to lie to us we'll be like ellie larder stop (laughs) come on stop lying You're showing your teeth again. We know you're acting. (laughs) That's not true. Oh, that that sounds painful. I hope it did. (laughs) I guarantee Ollie Larder will be back in the new Heroes. Zachary Quinto, nah. Ollie Larder, guaranteed. Oh, Zachary Quinto's like, I'm fucking Spock. I'm done with Heroes. (laughs) Fucking Peter Petrelli is like, yeah, I'm done with Heroes. I'm going to go on Gotham now. He's on Gotham? He's Yeah, he's about to be introduced in Gotham. Did you hear the, the creators of Gotham or whatever, the showrunners or whatever, are going to introduce Joker by the end of this season? Uh, <laughs> Bruce well, Wayne's how old? Eight? Eight? He's eight? He's eight? His parents were killed a week ago? Okay. Makes sense. Seems well, legit. One defense I can give to this is uh, it seems like Scott Snyder himself is working towards a new origin workaround for the Joker. It's like... Uh, fan theory that the Joker is like an immortal, like uh, who is it? R- Randall Savage. Randy Savage is an immortal? <laughs> Vandal Savage, not Randall. Oh. I said Randall, but I yeah. I was like, that's, that's not, why. that's in poor taste, sir. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately we proved that he's not immortal. We proved, we didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> life, I mean life. The proof. lawyers told us we couldn't talk about that on air, Craig, but but it was it was determined that we had nothing to do with it. So However, let's just drop it here and now. Uh, if Rest I had peace, to take a guess, all respect, Randy Savage. If I had yeah. to take a guess at who could be a possible real life immortal, I will say uh, Keith Richards or Ozzy Osbourne. Kanye West just storms up. And he's Beyonce. Like, Beyonce. She's See, like, I'm immortal. Can we take it back to the news to the news guy a minute ago too? After he got the homeless guy out of his way, yeah, just push he Kanye. St- if he only he was at the Grammys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to have him up at the Grammys. That's like, oh, cool, Kanye's up. coming up to kind of like congratulate me. Awesome. And then like, and then the news guy's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, 
back, not, Kanye. Not on my watch. He wasn't going to congratulate you. He was going to say Beyonce's better than you. He was like, actually, I was coming up there to say you should have gave that shit to Taylor Swift. I was trying to make it up to her for being my a jackass before. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. I wasn't talking about you, baby. You could have gotten one, my donkey. <laughs> Kim, shut up. Now, that's not fair. We all know that Kanye West has an actual donkey that he plans he on that he plans <laughs> on one day riding into Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecy. Truth. Speaking of prophecies being fulfilled, Craig, it's happened. There's actually going to be a real life good Justice League movie? I have no idea. Oh, so that's not what had happened. Damn. <laughs> Until it comes out like even better, Craig. Cream cheese can now be mixed with no. regular cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on trying, though. <laughs> Welcome home, Avenger. Sony and Marvel have finally come to an agreement and are sharing Spider-Man because sharing is caring. It's about damn <clears> time. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Just keep that in mind. It's going to be important later in the episode. Now I want juicy fruit. Was that their slogan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point. Before that, it was, Juicy Fruit, gonna move ya. I remember that. Got the taste to get right through ya. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they're all, like, skiing and, like, freeze framing a jump. <laughs> I totally remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, Sony, I guess, is under, like, new leadership or something. And they've made a deal with Marvel. So that means Spider-Man gets to be a part of the Civil War storyline. He gets to be in this new group of Avengers, most likely in Avengers uh, 4 or 3 and 4 or whatever. Um, that would this, probably oh. end up being, what was it? The uh, the new Avengers. Yeah. No, what was the thing with Thanos? Uh, was that Infinite? Correct? Yes, Infinity? that's what part Avengers 3 and 4 are. Infinity Gauntlet, right? That story? I don't know. But uh, what I heard is rumored that the, his first appearance would be in the Captain America Civil War yep. movie. Which is weird because I always thought of that as an Avengers story, not a Captain America story. Um, Captain America was the protagonist, I guess. Though he was the he was the one who was fighting um, for the superheroes' rights to be vigilantes. Which I guess this right. is a very I don't know if that is the right side to be fighting for. But and in the Tony story, Stark was the one heading the other side, the opposition, the one that everybody should be registering themselves and yeah. Which is weird because in a way you would think that he would go with what America's interests are. But at the same time, it's cool because that means he's just like, nah, fuck America's interests. It's about freedom. Which is America's interests, according to Steve Rogers. And then, you know, but Tony Stark is a public superhero who is has divulged his so identity to the government. of course, he has no reason to be like, like, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to... I mean, I'm sure it's all been spoiled, but there's a lot of reasons that Spider-Man really needs to be a part of that story, and we're not going to get into them and spoil it oh, now. Oh, definitely. I'm sure a lot of people are going out to read the comics now, so we'll probably spoil it in a future episode. Yay! <laughs> you got some time. But I can't wait. Uh, I gotta say, I feel bad. For Andrew for Garfield? Poor Andrew Garfield. He did such a great job. Well, he could probably still be in a Sony Spider-Man movie. No, they're no? going to share the same Spider-Man. That's, oh, that's the point. Okay. I thought it was they would um, – so they're just giving up on that franchise now, Sony's own specific Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, yeah, they're starting a new one. But Sony will still be able to make their own standalone Spider-Man movies that Marvel won't make money off of. 
but Marvel will still have the rights to use that same Spider-Man in their movies. Yeah, it should be sharing. And they might even be able to make further deals to allow other characters to cross over. Well, I mean, there's too. already stuff like that. That's why Quicksilver uh, in the Fox X-Men movies is different than the Quicksilver that's going to be in the new Marvel movies. Yeah, but that's that's different. That's why I'm, this is this is different. They don't have to worry about that. There was a lot of legal issues with that, and they can't use the same characters. And they didn't want to anyway, because fuck the fucking Fox X Men movies. But yay, they that's different. Like this means it's going to be the same Spider Man. Like it's the same Iron Man in Avengers that's in Iron Man and Captain oh, America three. Thank you for laying it out for me, because honestly, I now feel like an idiot. yeah it's linking them that's spider-man is now part of the marvel cinematic universe and sony will still use the same spider-man that's going to be part of that universe it's smart on them to give up the rights to the company that's actually you know taking the character's interests at heart and they didn't totally give up the rights they just reached an agreement marvel's not going to make any money off the solo spider-man movies that sony makes it is about damn time this finally got done that is all I'm going to say about that. You know what's really, really cool about that, too, is like, I know a big part of it obviously is money, but so much of why that's a big deal really is rooted in telling the right story. Like, and I love how dedicated they are to that, that they fought for it. Like, because yeah. they already make all the money off the merchandising that Sony does for their Spider Man movies already. The Amazing Spider Man merchandise, Disney makes all the money. So it, it's, it's not like. It was all just about making the money off it because they're still not going to make money off the Sony movies, but they got the rights to use Sony's Spider-Man in their movies. Like that's I don't they know for, for the story, yeah. for the fucking story. Like and its own other interests too. But I'm just saying for the story, for freedom, for freedom. iPod was first released by Apple Inc. October 23rd, 2001, one month after September 11th. That's smart. Everybody needed music then. And let's, well, let's talk about the culture of the time, if we, if we can. This was, this was our heyday, so. 2001. If anyone's qualified to talk about this time period, well, it's still probably not us, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's go back. Let's dial it back a little bit. That was my senior year, October 2001. Okay. Beginning yeah. my first half of the senior year. Very beginning of your se- senior year, my junior year. So yeah, big times in our lives. And we're going we're gonna to go back a little bit, though. We all know Apple, right? Apple made computers and stuff like that. Steve Jobs founded the company. But yeah, then... we all had Apples in our computer labs. Yeah, totally. Steve Jobs founded the company, but then he left in 1995. But then he came back a year later. As the Messiah. He's totally returned. He returned, yeah, three <laughs> days later. And they were like, really? And he's like, yeah, it was symbolic. <laughs> I took a long weekend. Rode in on his donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sorry, Kanye, he followed me in here. He's like, Beyonce should have founded this company. Too bad. So sad. <laughs> he returned to Apple to reinvent the company, bring it into, I, I want to say back into glory, but really bring it into glory like 
for the first time yeah, ever. Bring it right into that hole of glory. Uh, they, we all remember the IMAX, right? Yes, those were cool contraptions at the time. Little Big, giant rounded, bulb. rounded computers that had colorful, you know, bright and candy colored <laughs> monitors and keyboards and weird little. I didn't like the mouses though. The little weird circular I mouses. A lot of snoot on that. And yes, no, there, everything about the iMac and Apple was really weird because we had all just gotten really used to our Windows. Yeah. And our regular PCs, and it's like, this is just, everything's backwards. And uh, a friend of mine actually won one on a partial scholarship type essay thing. Uh, you know, it was, the prize was a new computer for college. He was, he was like, fap, 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 I'm going to give this shit to a janitor at the NBA. <laughs> I need this fucking iMac. Parents already bought me two. That was an old throwback. It's one of our old news yeah, stories. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, they were really popular in like colleges and whatnot. And the the problem was the digital music age was really in full like swing. Like it was really coming on hard. People were downloading music on yeah. Napster, Napster and man. listening to it on their computers. That's another story for another time, I guess. Oh man, no, we're totally going to talk about Napster. Ah, uh, that was that was a big deal. Man, so you of course remember Napster. Yeah, I used it. Dial, dial up fucking... LimeWire, Napster, you name it, man. Oh, we're back. This is just Napster then, though. There was oh, okay. none of these knockoffs. Just straight Napster. And Before they got in trouble. That was, that was all you needed. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It was all you needed. Give it 15 minutes, you've downloaded one song. <laughs> this is so true, too. Well, well, an hour if it was like a more obscure artist. Yeah, it could creep up to an hour. It depends on how many cedars there are. But if you wanted, you know, say you wanted to download Back That Ass Up by Juvenile because that song was so in and hip. Which, shamefully, I had at the time. Bam, 15 minutes. Less time than you have to wait in line at Best Buy. Oh, <laughs> the days. fucking computer. The, the days where LAN was, like, the biggest thing. <laughs> what? All, like, the, the LAN networks that, like, in colleges oh, LAN. I thought you said LAND. No, no, no. So Minus the, the D. Land, I was like, the oceans have always been bigger than the land, Craig. <laughs> I thought this was like Leave a statement out. on piracy or something. <laughs> so the problem was IMAX didn't have a music player, like a media player in their, you know, like Windows had Windows yeah. Media Player. Windows all, was all over that shit. Where were you? Apple? So Steve Jobs bought the SoundJam MP media player and hired its head programmer, Jeff Robin, to completely rebuild it into iTunes. And this was about eight months before the iPod came out. Okay, I'm following you so far. So they released another generation of like iMacs that could burn CDs that had iTunes so that you could listen to music, hook your speakers up to it, like all the kids were doing with their skateboards. Yeah, and then they put it on their like, boom boxes. No, Craig, not on their boom boxes. Well, they weren't putting it on oh, their disc man. If they burned it on the speaker, or if they burned it at, ah, yes, on the CD. Everybody knows that that shit's skipping, the, the disc mans are, if you're skating with them. And Steve Jobs told hardware engineering chief John Rubenstein to put together a team of engineers in order to design an MP3 player that would come out in the fall, for you know, in time for the holiday season. And of course. Of course, not to just design another shitty little MP3 player like there were already flooded all over the market. Yeah, like the one I ended up getting that only no. held 50 songs. No, he wanted him to revolutionize the world. Do you want a thousand songs in your pocket? Of course you do. So 
Rubenstein was visiting this supplier in Japan, and he stumbled across a 1.8-inch hard drive that had just been prototyped by Toshiba, who had no idea what they were going to do with it. They were just like, yeah, and there's this tiny little... Like, we made this thing. Namby-pamby hard drive, you know, for the Budweiser drinking hipsters out there. Yeah. And he was like, oh my god, that's what Steve Jobs, that's who Steve Jobs wants to appeal to. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, and, uh, crap. <laughs> this is a dr- dramatization. It probably didn't happen at all like that. <laughs> yeah. However, if this was a full dramatization, there would have been dramatic music. So I think it would go a little something more like this. Rubenstein purchased the rights for the Namby Pamby hard drive for Apple from Toshiba, brought it back to the States with him, and began work on his team, his Avengers of Engineering. Success! Not yet. Not so fast. They were his engineers! But success was on the horizon. I see the success! First, Rubenstein contacted up-and-coming engineer Tony Fidel, who had done work on handheld devices before for Philips, electing him to spearhead his team. You know, I think I can do this for you. Is that that Tony Fidel? Yes. I'm Tony Fidel. Drinks are on me. (laughs) I think I can do this for you. You know, I work for Philips. That was a pretty big wheel over there. Uh, you know, I invented the wheel. <laughs> this is him drunk at the bar, talking to the girls. Uh, really? On the iPod? He's like, no, you dumb bitch. I just helped design it. Phil Schiller was responsible for the wheel on the iPod. Ugh, why is everybody so stupid? And I then... can't make a real connection with anyone. And then shortly after, while sobbing in the... Uh... <laughs> Bartender's like, you gotta leave. You gotta leave, man. He's like, I'm ahead. I'm ahead of the Avengers of engineering. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm just an angry drunk. That's why you have to go, sir. <laughs> That's exactly the problem. I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye. So Tony Fidel, loose cannon that he was. He, he uh, again, embellishment, dramatic reenactment. Nothing like that. I'm sure. Led this team to help design the the world's first iPod. Um, the aesthetic design was actually inspired by the 1958 Braun T3 transistor radio, which whatever that is, it was this little slim box that had a knob where the wheel is on an iPod and um, sort of a speaker where the screen is, and it was a little radio, and it was all pure white like the uh, original iPods. Oh. Uh, Speaking of them being pure white, that's where the name comes from. Uh, Vinny Chieko, uh, who was a freelance copywriter hired by John Rubenstein, I'm assuming, he named the iPod being inspired by the white color of it to think of 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh. Yeah, the, just the pure white, you know, like futuristic look right. of a lot of the scenery in that movie and he thought of the the line open the pod bay door hal and he was thinking of how the mac was like this hub that a bunch of other gadgets you can you can plug them in and hook them up and dock them into it so you can open them up in the computer and work on them and put stuff on them take stuff off of them whatever yeah. and then you take them off and take them out with you so it's sort of like going out into the pod and then it always returns back to the the motherboard the spaceship did you say the pod bay and then Pod Bay, yeah, nice. Oh. You can go there. You can go to the Pod Bay, not the Pirate Bay, uh, and, and uh, find Fairpoint. There she be a loss. That would be really weird if Fairpoint was on the Pirate Bay because, like, we're already free. Right. No need. <laughs> and then, of course, as Tony Fidel drunkenly 
you know, blurted a minute ago. Phil Schiller, Apple's head of marketing, was the guy responsible for the scroll wheel. That was totally his idea. Even came up with the idea, the, the little brilliant function of it, that like the longer you're consistently turning it for, the faster, faster it goes. So it's easier to scroll through thousands of songs. At first, that was... I think the iPod Classic is the perfect, absolute, most perfect invention in the history of mankind for music. And uh, that wheel was the one thing that was daunting to me before I got one. But I grew to... It is. It is fucking so intuitive It was also and so great. different and from everything else that was out there. It was. It, it, now, they weren't the first people to use a wheel like that. The, it was actually inspired by the Biocom 6000, which was an old phone that had a scroll wheel to scroll through phone numbers. Really? Yeah. How come I didn't have that? It wasn't a, it wasn't a cell phone or anything. It was a, it was a cordless phone. Yes. One of the first cordless phones. How come I didn't like have that? 95, 96. I wanted that. There was a HP computer back in the 80s that had a scroll wheel up like kind of near where the escape key is for scrolling through text. Oh, well, kind of dangerous to put it near the escape key. <laughs> and remember, too, these are more like the original, like, manual, like, push-down wheels of the right. original iPods, not the, the touch-sensitive ones of the newer ones. Yeah, they hadn't gotten that far yet. Uh, the interface of the little device was created by interactive designer Tim Wasco, who also created the interface for QuickTime. As you may know him from his work on QuickTime. Yeah, fuck QuickTime. Oh, Yeah. I guess, yeah, because we have Windows. Yeah. Well, you have an iPad. I don't use QuickTime on my iPad. No? They don't use QuickTime no. anymore? It keeps wanting me to use uh, QuickTime and update it constantly anytime I open my iTunes on uh, my computer, though. Oh, okay. And then uh, the white earbuds, those they were just white because the iPod was white. But after it came out, people started realizing, like, oh, wow, when people have an iPod... And they're walking around listening to it. It's in their pockets so no one can see it. So it's not like, you know, a fashion accessory. But wait, it suddenly is. It's suddenly advertising itself because people are seeing people walk around with these distinctive the white, white earbuds. And it that was becomes, never me. Huh? I, I couldn't use earbuds. They hurt my ears. So. I, I prefer over-the-ear headphones too, but the iPod earbuds are the best. I liked earbuds. the ones... That were over the ear, but like the band, the plastic band went around the back. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah, those. I was one of those kinds of guys. At least that's just from a comfort position. But yeah, this obviously was great free advertising, and it led to their famous advertising campaign of the silhouette, the dancing silhouettes over the colorful backgrounds, and you could see the just white, the white hanging down, yeah. and earbuds. And oh my God, it's so nostalgic. I'm so sad. I don't want to. They need to bring it back. They don't. Are they even? Doing. They're still making the iPod touches, aren't they? Yeah, but that's just an iPhone without phone. Yeah, just a cheaper version it's, of the iPhone. It is not the same thing, man. It's really not the same thing. I actually have this quote here. It's really not even the same thing as the iPhone, kind of. Okay. There, I mean, but like speaking of like the iPod Classic, like an iPod, um, Jonathan Ive, who is Apple's president of industrial design. Uh, was quoted by the New York Times as saying, Steve made some very interesting observations very early on about how this was about navigating content. It was about being very focused and not trying to do too much with the device, which would have been its complication and therefore its demise. The enabling features aren't obvious and evident because the key was getting rid of stuff. So as somebody who doesn't, who's never owned an iPod Classic before, Craig, I don't, underst I don't expect you to understand how intuitively 
perfect it is. After having one for a decade, it's not easy to adjust to not having one for a lot of people because it is it is the perfect piece of technology for so many people's needs. But man, just persevere. You have to evolve and adapt, man. It, that's not evolving and adapting. It's not. It is. Kind it's of. Not. It's it not. It's not. It's guided. They, they, what's going on, Craig, is they want you to buy their smartphones and their smart TVs and all those and sign up for their streaming services and keep everything on the cloud and just do all that. They don't want you to have your own collection of music because that encourages piracy and encouraging pi- – because they have to have – they. Creating or working on an economic model that doesn't require scarcity to function isn't one of their priorities. Their priorities are making sure that Bruno Mars's manager can have 16 jacuzzis in the back of his limousine. And that's oh, man, that'd be more sweet. Important. It's more important than the technological progress that was achieved through having file sharing made easy and simple and having the perfect musical device that was also a really durable, sturdy, and reliable piece of hardware with great battery life and a, and a great intuitive interface and controls. It's, it's more than that. It's, they, they don't. That's not a well. I don't know about you, but I'd fall on a grenade for sixteen jacuzzis in the back of my limo. Yeah, or make a song about it. Well, I think there's more important things to the future than whether or not artists and entertainers managers are super loaded and rich. And that's really what it comes down to, because they're still going to make dude. Within five days of iTunes being released, they sold a million songs. Within like a month, over two hundred million songs. Like, people are still going to buy music. Well, yeah. Like, they're still going to make a lot of money off art and entertainment. And I think it's stifling the human progress to 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 fucking shit on this. And and I, I do think, I do, I'm not just being conspiracy theory-y. Well, that, it is, that it is it's a, just all about greed. It is a move to, yeah, exactly. Not like to, like, turn us into sheeple and rule the world. But, like, yeah. They they can they can make a lot more money if they get everybody into streaming and streaming services and iPhones and, yeah, and absolutely. things that you're paying a monthly bill for and like all this shit. Whereas collectors, because there will always be collectors. It's there there will always be people that are collectors. There will always be people that love music. There will always be people that like to build their own collection of music. There are videos you can find on YouTube of higher ups in Apple talking about this during the first few years of the iPod being released about how people want to own their own music. And that's how they were selling iTunes, the iTunes store and all this. And, and no, uh, DRM on their fucking songs and all this like this was a priority and it was we can, we're gonna it, it's depressing well at least we'll be able to tell the kids of the future that we lived through the golden age of music and that won't make us sound like our parents at all not one bit no not at all no 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 no, no. but it's different when you're comparing an iPod classic now a classic to like a phonograph no I know well our parents I think we're probably talking about like Woodstock and stuff <laughs> no, no. <laughs> live concerts. It's a shame you'll never know what a live concert's like. It's all going to be streamed on Apple TV. Our, our uh, parents were probably talking about like uh, Ariel Speedwagon and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's all about Ariel Speedwagon. It's all Speedwagon. about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> so, do you think if Steve Jobs was still alive, would he have let the classic die? No. You don't think so? I don't. I really don't. It makes it makes me feel a little better to think the same. It's just it completely contradicts uh, what he had said when he first created the iPod. Seriously, is Comedy Central going to cancel South Park because Workaholics is doing better in ratings? 
Hopefully is, not. Is Nintendo going to ditch Mario because kids like Call of Duty? Ew, no, hopefully not. Is is Taylor Swift just going to suddenly start making like dance pop music because that's what's popular to play in the club? She already does. What? Really? Kind of. Oh, I thought she was like... Oh, no, wait. Maybe I'm thinking like of Katy Perry. Folky country stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I kid. Yes, I know. That, that, okay. that last one there was a joke. That was, I made it funny. Wait. Can I go? Can we go back one, and so I can lols at uh, Call of Duty on the Wii? That's just funny to me. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. So, see, here's the thing. I've never been an Apple person in the sense of I've always had Windows computers, but since I've had an iPod, Apple shit is so expensive. It is, but I, honestly, man, like I, I'm. I was willing to pay every cent they charged for this shit. When, when I first got my iPod Classic, it probably cost me about 300 after tax and everything. And uh, it was like the best 300 I've ever fucking spent. Yeah. Like I've never got that much use or enjoyment. Out that of had to have lasted anything. a long time for you because it, it, did. it lasted it for a while while I knew you. And yeah, I know you had gotten that like before. And that thing was just like this huge brick. Well, I also had it in a big case. Yes. It was, to keep it protected. It's this. It's not that skinny. It's funny because people would see it and be like, "It's so huge!" Because everyone was used to oh, the wow. nanos. Your, your case was really big, though. Yeah, because I I like to protect it. The case I have right now is really big too. See, so watch, look at it after I put it in the case. Sorry, listeners, but yeah, it still feels like it was bigger then. Yeah, but uh, that that was probably also because of the time iPhones weren't out yet, so everybody had like, if you had an iDevice, it was like an iPod Nano or an iPod Shuffle. You know, I was a proud owner of an iPod Nano, only iPod I ever owned till I went to the iPhone. So yeah, now that the iPhone's out, the iPod Classic doesn't seem so big. But, but still, for a while, people would look at me dead in the eye, dude. They'd look me dead in the eye and they'd be like, "Bam!" Crumpled them. No, I'm they just would look. You I couldn't deep resist it. One more time into the windows of your soul. Yes, and they would, and they would straight up say to me, "That thing is huge." Looking at my iPod Classic, I'd be like, "Bitch." I've got 26,000 songs on this thing. It's smaller than my magic deck. Fuck you, this thing's huge. Oh, you just like went triple nerd. (laughs) (laughs) That was like music nerd, tech nerd, magic nerd all at once. That was a threefer. (laughs) Holy crap. Uh, And the funny thing is, like the, the iPhones that they're releasing, the biggest one's what? 64 gig? Yes. I personally don't have one that big because it's a more expensive phone, obviously, to have more memory and storage. But the average one that people have is a 16 gig, and I honestly don't know. I'm always fighting for space on my phone, man. And I don't know how people put music on. I have no music on. In fact, just the other day, I realized that I have in my cloud a free uh, U2 album that they gave to me because I purchased the iPhone. I ended up calling Apple, and I'm like, who is using my account. Somebody bought a U2 album. And they're like, no, we gave that to everyone. <laughs> U2 must have been hurting. Where'd they like, for? Oh, well, in that case, I'd like to register a complaint. <laughs> yeah, take U2 it off. Sucks. Um, It's in my cloud. I want it deleted from there. I want no traces of this fucking album. <laughs> Anywhere. Get it out of here. But, I mean, yeah, the, the iPhone is... I'm not knocking it. It's a great piece of technology. I have no interest in one personally, but I respect it as great technology that's only going to get more and more popular and for, with good reason. But the iPod Classic is a separate 
It's a different type of thing. It's a whole different entity. It is a total different really type is. of thing. And it's inexcusable that it's 2015 and that I could time travel like eight years ago and purchase a better MP3 player than I can purchase today. Like that is a music player is music is primal. People are always going to want music and they'll always be collectors of music. And the, the reason it's not doing so well in sales, A, yes, because a lot of people aren't huge music ophiles audio files, I guess. And getting and they the just, iPhones. They get the iPhone and they put their music. Cool. There's nothing wrong with that. It's but all compact. It's also because they've been fighting to not sell them because they'd rather sell the iPhones and divert attention away from them. And trust me, if you, if instead you put your focus on how can we sell more of these instead of how can we phase this out, you'd sell more of them. People were paying a thousand dollars on eBay. Come on, man. That's crazy to me. First off. Now they're about 500 on eBay. Still crazy to me. For something that cost four hundred dollars when it released twelve, uh, twelve, thirteen years ago, and the the wheel, dude. Do you understand? Like, I ride my bike in the winter, right? So, like, if I want to change a song in the winter, and I had an iPhone, this is what I gotta do: stop my bike, pull to the side of the road, take my headphones or not take my headphones off, take my gloves off, reach in my pocket, pull out my iPhone, press the button or swipe the screen or do whatever, press my little passcode, go in press next song, put it back in my pocket, put my gloves back on, hop back on my bike. I just like riding my bike and listening to music with the touch wheel. I literally just tap a certain area on my pocket without even sticking my hand in. Bam, next song. Bam, next song. That's because you got very used to that, and that seems like a certain particular set of skills. Well, no, but touchscreens are cool, but it's but cool yeah, to also I, have I a tactile interface. You like also people still write letters. They're not going to stop making pens because we have computers. You're not forced to use the passcode, but you definitely would have to take your glove off to, to do it. Yeah, but you know, yeah, exactly. That's kind of annoying to me, not being able, you know, although gloves are still bulky. Riding so. my bike and listening to music is my favorite thing in the world. That totally fucks with the experience of my favorite thing in the world. Like, seriously. <laughs> you and I have very different perspectives of favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Although, curiously enough, mine involves a bicycle, too. <laughs> one of those double bicycles. So if you're if you're one of the many people that really really wants it back, that wants them to bring it back, please go to change.org, find a fuck there I think there's only like one major petition there. Sign it, send Apple a message, write them a letter, go on their feedback and send them feedback, post a message on their questions. Like anything you can do it seems trivial and pointless, but if if everybody that wants it's doing it, it's letting them know that there is a, there is a cus- consumer base and a demand and a really, really loyal, like, you know, that's right. We, we got off distracted, which is what we do on this podcast, but always distracted. a minute ago I was saying, it's I don't like use Mac computers. I don't use any Mac devices, but the iPod made me a loyal Apple supporter in that respect. I've bought so much shit from iTunes, music, audiobooks, all sorts of stuff. I've, I, I, I refuse to ever buy anything, but the iPod classic and like the iPod headphones and shit. And, and they're like, like, that's cute. But our real loyal supporters are the ones lining up two days in advance for the new iPhone. When they have the last gen well, iPhone, you know, that's, that's cool. That's I get their that. new, that's their but new like, direction. That's where they're going. Me, there's me. And there's a bunch of other people that's like, okay, those, first of all, those aren't loyal supporters. They, if somebody else offers them something else cooler. They'll get it. If they decide they'd rather have an Android, they'll fucking get it. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> You haven't heard the fights between loyal Apple people and loyal Android people. Literally, 
a I lot know. of the very super what you say you know as loyal Apple ones those a lot of those guys those hipsters standing in the line they literally think they're better than you because they have a little half bitten apple I know over the little Android guy I know but that you know why people feel that way you know where that came from uh, small an penis invention, an invention of this guy oh because before okay. this guy nobody gave a shit there were a few Apple fanboys but this guy was what did that man this guy. For the benefit of the listeners, I'm holding up my iPod Classic, and I'm saying this guy is what did it. That fucking guy. Um, it, it was, and I, I'm sorry, but if, if, I, if I don't have an iPod, I have no reason to use the iTunes store. I have no reason to give you any of my money. Like, and I don't consider the iPod Nano. Oh, boom, the I, embargo. The iPod Touch or uh. the iPod Shuffle. None of those are comparable products. Nathan Kappeser embargo on I, Apple. Jonathan Ive felt the same way before they took away the iPod Classic. WWJD, what would Jobs do? Man, bring it back. Bring it back from the dead. That's what Jobs would do. Resurrect it? Yeah. Three days later? No. Like... Oh, too too long? Like, Jesus, WWJD, bring it... I don't know. Um, yeah. What? What is... I thought WWJD meant what would Jobs do, really. I thought That's, it seriously meant that. So, I think we do need to canonize and knight this iPod Classic. Not this one. This one. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll let you have this because this is so important to you. And I obviously am not on your spectrum. No <laughs> offense, but I probably won't go to change.org and sign the petition. Um, Just to but be a prick? Why? You can't do that. It doesn't really bother me. me. <laughs> oh, I guess if you specifically pulled me aside and asked me for a favor. All right, I'll pull you aside that. later after yeah. the podcast. And then I still might say no just because it seems like a slight inconvenience to me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of a selfish dick that way. But I'm going to let you have this. I'm going to let you finish. First off, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you have this canonization and saying should have canonized Beyonce. For reals. <laughs> For reals. No, I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to go with at what point have we made a mockery of it when we're not even, when we're canonizing inanimate objects? Well, we're going to canonize Steve Jobs too. And the iPod is much more than an inanimate object. It's very animate. Look at <laughs> not this. intimate. Watch this. Watch this. This shit's inanimate, you say. Inanimate? He's doing something. Blizzow, inanimate that motherfucker. Oh, that is animated. <laughs> That's Jay and Silent Bob animated on my iPod Classic. So it is like a TV, too. but Kind of, I guess. It's a new portable TVs. That's what they should just market them as now. Oh, wait, you can still do that with the iPhone. <laughs> but I'll let you have it. As long, okay, that will, be my, uh, that will be my deal for you. We can do the iPod Classic and canonize it if we also knight and canonize Steve Jobs. Yeah, of course. I'm totally behind that. All right, so iPod Classic... Patron saint of happiness, joy, and human progress, and all that is right in the world. Does that work? Is that cool? <laughs> this is your eulogy for this, for your fallen comrade here. So, sure. <laughs> Rainbows and stickers and stuff. And Steve Jobs. Patron saint of technology. Just technology? Of things white. <laughs> no all things bald with turtleneck patron saint of turtlenecks there we go okay patron saint of turtlenecks i like it there we go um so we thought we'd do something special 
for you. We, we've been bringing back recommendations, and in honor of the iPod Classic, we made a playlist for you, suckers. Yeah, we figured we'd do like you know, give or take twenty song playlists, and uh, yeah, give you guys a little musical selection, riff on the songs a little bit, and uh, by riff I mean like talk, not like we're not gonna be like. That one was, of course, Brian Adams, as rendered on electric guitar. Yeah, as uh, portrayed on Guitar Hero. Yes. my yeah. Half of my playlist is Brian Adams, just so you know. <laughs> the other half's Ryan Adams. Okay, I just want to make sure... <laughs> I just want to make sure... Brian Adams is the one that did the Robin Hood song, right? The motion picture, 93, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood song. Fuck, it I was like so. the love song. I die for you. I lie for you. Walk the wire for no. Yeah, I don't know. I die for you. No, I, I don't listen to music very much, Craig. I'm not like that into music. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I was into Robin Hood circa 1993. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. Robin Hood's my shit, but and I was watching VH1. Okay, it's not my fault. My sister was actually watching it. Anyways, most of my playlist is kind of a throwback for a lot of the songs. A bunch of mine are throwbacks. Some of it's stuff that I'm only listening to more recently, and some of it's stuff that I have listened to for a long time. Some of it's stuff that I used to listen to that I'm only just now picking back up. And I didn't have any set order to mine. When you listen to mine, if you choose to do so, do it on shuffle, I guess. Uh, Yours, though, you have an actual start to end, correct? I mean, yeah, sure. But in no way does this mean I like any of these songs better than the other ones. It just seems like they would fit into the playlist. Uh, it was like I set it up that way. Yeah, that's kind one of. thing I miss. That, that's one thing that the iPod used to killed. do that a lot with the CDs. The iPod killed the art of CD burning, which I used to. I would spend hours like making sure the order was perfect. Each song went perfectly into the next one, and like yeah, I'm uh, curious if we share any songs on this list. That would be surprising. I mean, out of just there's so many songs, you know what I mean? In the and considering in the, the ones I chose are probably more hardcore, post hardcore emo, okay, punk. I've got some stuff that fits into that. My my list is all over the fucking place, but I do have some random ones that are out of the way that like aren't in, in anywhere near that. But uh, a lot of these songs also held at one point a significant value to me as an individual. Okay. Some point in my life, a lot of them did. Word, let's dive right in then, man. What's track one? Does this playlist have a name? Is it like, is it like Craigslist? That just reminds me of like play other playlists I've made and CDs I've burned where I have titled them like yet another brilliant metal mix. That was one of my favorite CDs to listen to for a while. Well, you had to title the CDs because that so way you'd, you'd remember which was which. Yeah, you'd associate you'd that to, name. Yeah. Even though I still forgot which ones I put on which ones. Late years later. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we'll go with Nostalgia as as the title of my playlist. Nostalgia by Vite. Track number one kind of sets up the tone for the whole, for a lot of the playlist. It's actually an MC Chris song, which surprisingly is not in the same genre as the rest of my playlist, but the song is Emo Party. Oh, I like that song. Off of Goes to Hell. That's one of the MC Chris songs that's probably near the top of my list. Emo Party. Yep. The, the rap anthem about a guy who's, who's sad emo. and depressed and emo, and he decides to throw an emo party to have all his emo friends come over and dance. Yeah, and dance and dance and dance until they don't feel sad. It's an upbeat, fun song. It though. is. It's, it's awesome. 
it, you know, riffs on emos and emo culture and kind of pokes fun at the whole thing. So don't don't listen to it if you're too sensitive and emo about it. But <laughs> but it was tough for me to pick. Uh, I only chose one MC Chris song. I only wanted to have one MC Chris song. It was tough for me to pick with all tons of winners out there. Man, I he's... didn't. I made sure I didn't have any doubles on mine. So. Oh, I have two doubles. A double artist by that. I mean. Crazy. I like, knew what no, you I have, meant. I have two doubles. <laughs> like I, I have the same song on my playlist yeah, MC, twice. Uh, Emo party is also track number twenty-one. And Open of, and close. <laughs> and of course, I put uh, "I'm a Lion, Hear Me Roar" or whatever by uh, Katy Perry. As like, no, 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 as, no, no, no. I put that one twice in a row because you hear it once and you just got. I got to listen to it again because it makes me feel Ro- strong uh, and independent. Uh, 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 or <laughs> <laughs> she auto-tuned herself. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to just go down my playlist, or are we doing? Yeah, no, you're oh, okay. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, my track two is one of my favorite bands currently, Alisana. Alisana, screamo band you introduced Type, yep. me to, who's pretty decent. Uh, they're more of a concept band. We've I've talked about them enough. We have on previous podcasts. We've you know we're eventually going to do one on the whole band itself, but give it time. Uh, the song I chose from them was off their 2008 sophomore album, where Myth Fades to Legend. This is usually the part where people scream. The song that's about the show Heroes. The song is actually about Heroes? Yes. Like, I, I know that that quote was Siler said. I pointed that out to you. Yes. Because I, I was re-watching Heroes, and I was like, oh my God, Craig, the name of that song is a Siler quote. Yeah, and uh, in the song they say, like, we'll save the cheerleader, we'll save the world, it's time to save the girl. What? Yeah, we'll be Heroes. What? Those are like lyrics. That almost sounds like just you giving me that sample of lyrics sounds like the theme song to the 80s Heroes TV <laughs> cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon, which is like, we'll save the cheerleader, we'll save the world. What was it else? We'll save the girl, we'll be, we'll be heroes. heroes. Hero Force. I'm putting that song on my playlist. <laughs> the new one? Yes. No. Moving on. Have you ever heard of the band of Mice and Men? Yes, I've heard of them, but I've never really listened to them. I got really into them for a little bit. Uh, this song is off their second album. It's called Ben Through. It's just very like... I don't know. <laughs> but it was one of my favorite songs by them, and it's really kick-ass. Are we going to do that for everyone? Craig would be like, then number four is more like... No, no, number four is actually more like. Um, the Indiana Brand- Jones theme, as played on electric guitar. <laughs> no, it's uh, probably did a terrible job at it, but brand new. Last chance to lose your keys. Cool. Over the last, in 2014, I kind of started listening to Brand New again. That was a band I listened to like my senior year of high school and then promptly grew out of. Yeah. Well, Deja Entendu was really weird. I mean, it had a, really, a few very popular good songs, but the rest of it was just like very slow and like, I just didn't while li- their I first s- album was a lot more upbeat. I listened to that pop- first album and then I just kind of was like, eh, I'm over this type of music for a while. And then I, I I've come back to it since yeah. then. Um, actually, when I was really listening to that was more like my sophomore year of college. Okay. So it was a couple years later. It was, that would it was be, released. well, you were a freshman in college when I was a senior, a in, senior high school, in high school. So it was the year after. The year after. Yeah. Next on the list, it wouldn't be a playlist of mine if it did not hold Coheed and Cambria. Oh, is that a, 
Is that a Fallout Boy song? That's that's a wicked long title. It's got to be a Fallout Boy song. The viewers can't tell, but I am staring lasers into your soul. That's now that, now that's definitely a Fallout <laughs> yeah, Boy yeah, song. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anytime. I mean, god damn it, man. This is an arms race, not a gun show or some shit. No, definitely not. A Coed and Cambria, the band, our one of our joined favorite bands of all time. Coed and Cambria is a great band. Uh, the song I chose was Gravity's Union. Okay. More recently, the recent Coed I've listened to, I've really been into that song a lot. Um, it's one of my favorites off the album Dissension, the Afterman album. I really like Away We Go. I do, too. I love and, that uh, song. I mean, I like a lot of the album. Two is my favorite one. Those are probably the two that I listen to the most still was, this long after the album's come out. This song... I mean, it's just so tragic and heartfelt. You can feel, you can really feel for a serious Amory. Or, yeah, Amory. Who's the character that the song's The about. main character. Oh, yeah, another concept band. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Coheed, every one of their albums is like a chapter in this big epic like sci-fi story. Essentially the Defiant, another awesome song on there. The next one, track seven, a Dance Gavin Dance song. I have a Dance Gavin Dance song on my list. Oh, sweet. Mine is, And I Told You I Invented Time's New Roman, because that is a badass song. <laughs> and it's, and a, it's a badass name. What a ridiculous name. for It was I Told Her, right? Not I Told You. And I Told Her. Yes. Or, and, and I Told, I told Them. Her, I, I told. It's funny, because I, I have I Told I Invented <laughs> and I what told, I wrote down. You were like, yeah, I know what I'm talking I about. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it's And I Told, and I told Them. Or I told, And I Told You. Something like that. See, I've got my trusty iPod Classic right here. Oh, you can with check it real quick. The the super handy scroll wheel that makes it really easy to find what I'm looking for. And would you look at that? I already found it. And I told them I invented Times New Roman. It's them. Well, just as fast as you could have done that, I could have opened up my iPad and just went to Google. Nope. Would have taken longer. Nope. Maybe not. I didn't even try, so I just let you do it. Next time we'll we'll draw. Maybe not. If you were typing in and I told I meant Times Roman. I'm sorry, I'm busting your balls. <laughs> what a loser. He uses Times New Roman. Only cool kids use Comic Sans. Uh, track eight, going old school, a hardcore band I really got into for a time. Uh, it Dies Today. Freak gasoline fight accident. Part of the reason was the name, but I also like the melody of the song. Track nine, coming back to Alisana. This is one of my doubles. Okay. The song off their first album, Alchemy, sounded good at the time. Uh, it's a really cool album. The whole, the whole concept of that one is mythology, Greek mythology mostly. The story of this song is actually based off the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, or Eurydices. Eurydices, I think. Yeah, something like sure. that. Sure. You know, we talked about this myth in our Summer Constellations podcast. No, nah, I don't remember that. We did when no. we talked about the loop. Yep. Didn't happen. Maybe you should Pulling check out to see which one of us. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. But moving on. Uh, next track goes to a band I really can't stand anymore. Okay. But this song, <laughs> I dug a lot when it first came out. 1958 by A Day to Remember. Oh, I, I've never really listened to A Day to Remember either. It's, uh, I've heard of them, but. I loved their first album. And the song actually starts off with a clip from the Boondock Saints. Is that the album with the guy holding the the gun behind his bat? or the baseball bat behind his? Back? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. You let me borrow that album, and I never listened to it. I'm sorry. Funny. Maybe funny. I did. Maybe I listened to it and just forgot what it sounded like. Yeah, I was uh, really into that. Of course, 
I was a sucker for this specific song too because I was that college kid that had the Boondock Saints poster in his room <laughs> with that quote was you know in Shepherds we shall be for thee my lord for thee etc etc next track was always a favorite of mine by the Ataris uh, Losing Streak off the album Blue Skies Broken Hearts Next 12 Exits okay uh, it's a fun one they have a lot of like sad lovey dovey heart crush songs like very whiny punk at times yeah. uh, I never got super into them either yeah I got into them pretty big when I was in college okay but this song is probably one of their more upbeat and like basically telling you not to give up and shit. I won't, Atari's. I won't. Could have gone right into another MC Chris song, but I didn't. Never give up, never surrender. No, no doubles on that. Never gonna give you up. Oh, that's my amendment. Whole, Rick Astley's be, being added to my playlist as we speak. You're gonna be pissed because we're gonna get to my playlist. You you painstakingly crafted this whole playlist and i'm like and my first track is never gonna give you up and that's it that's it there's my playlist like our facebook See yeah you guys i just week. have rick astley written down 19 times <laughs> i literally went through the trouble of writing it down 19 times <laughs> my next track is from one of my all-time favorite punk bands thrice cool thrice this- is cool i listened to thrice a lot in high school and you got me back into a few of their newer songs uh, a few years ago, which didn't I don't I don't listen to it a lot, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, they definitely evolved as a band as they grew up, which I guess is smart to do. But it, their last three albums were nothing like their first three albums. And when you grow up listening to a band. That's always going to be the stuff that you you have memories and feelings and right. nostalgia associated with that. And they turn from like an aggressive punk band, a true punk band almost, if you will, to kind of more adult alternative slash uh, contemporary rock slash one of their albums was kind of folksy. It was all part of a concept of the elements. They had the alchemy index that they came out with where they did songs based on air, water, earth, and fire. Yeah, it was a four-disc set, right? Yeah, two albums, four discs. Two, yeah, two two-disc two albums. Yeah. They were like two different EPs, if you will. That's cool. That's inventive, and I do remember that. That wasn't bad. Yeah, that was really... I liked... I, I really remember enjoying that. I liked a lot of the stuff, but to me, it wasn't thrice, you know? Yeah, Totally. This song that I chose is the Beltsville Crucible off the 2002 album Illusion of Safety. God, I can't tell you how many times I played this song while I was doing whatever throughout college. And I just I was a huge sucker for this song. Something about every inch of it, you know, the the vocal medley, the riffs, the breakdown. I, I hate to break this to you, but songs aren't measured in inches. Are they measured in meters? Like seconds, you know, seconds, decibels kilometers beats per minute but not inches <laughs> how about feet light years parsecs got it nailed it the next band used to think they were vampires what track are we on now i believe we're on track 12 okay this point uh this band used to think that they were vampires and they actually made more kick-ass metal music when they did think this Who's this, My Chemical Romance? No, they oh. didn't make metal. They made emo. I'll never... I just oh, thought, yeah, okay. Atreyu. Atreyu used yeah. to think they were vampires? 
Yeah. Well, not like, maybe not literally, but they projected their music like they did. We're vampires. And we also happen to really, really like uh, the never ending story. (laughs) Well, the song I chose was off their 2004 album, The Curse, The Crimson, which is about drinking, like half their songs were about (laughs) drinking blood from a person or like another song, This Flesh a Tomb (laughs) was about, uh, there was lines that were like, uh, we'll look into the sun and emulate as we hold hands. <laughs> we'll burn or whatever. I don't know. What the? <laughs> they thought they were vampires in half their songs. But the crimson is about uh... being uh, addicted. I'm sorry, but I might want to drink your blood, babe. <laughs> so <they're laughs> but like, it's a kick-ass song. It's like Snoop Dogg with the weed thing. Like all their songs are about drinking blood. Yeah, well, until their third album. Drinking and then- 40s of blood. And then by the time their fourth album came out uh, with the song Anchor or some shit like that on it, they found a key to success on the K-Rock circuits. And they just kind of mimicked your typical uh, hard rock station song. Yeah. The mainstream type shit. And I was just like, It's like the most bland music known to man. It's like, yeah. Next song is actually a band I discovered on MySpace. They were a Welch band that eventually became big in America. Funeral for a Friend, their hit album from 2003 is Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation, Escape Artists Never Die, loved that fucking song. Uh, they were more of an emo punk band. Okay. I actually saw them when they came on their first American tour. Sweet. Funny little anecdote. They played with, I believe it was Coheed. It was the first time I saw Coheed. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. My first Coheed show. And Sweet. it was before I even liked Coheed. Like, that was the show I liked. I became a fan of Coheed. Okay. And cool, I cool. had gone because I wanted to see Funeral for a Friend. And it was their first American tour. And when they, you know, met people at the merch table and stuff, they're like, come on over. Try to show us some American slangs. And I taught them pound. True story. Hand to God. They did not know it was, you know, like when you give daps or like, like a daps, pound to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Not like I, the pound sign. Craig's like, no, I taught no, them no, no, to no. use hashtags. <laughs> I was the creator. No, I taught of them hashtags. England's currency. I taught them the conversion <laughs> rate between pounds and dollars. They what I said pounds. was, and then that may might have actually been part of the thing that really confused them. Because so I was like, I was like, give me some pound. They're like, what? I was like, <laughs> and I said, come on, dog, give me some pound because my smack is so fresh. And like, I held up my fist and like, what do I do? I go fist bump. Wait, did you really say? I those said words? that. Yeah, <laughs> I did say that time. I go, you fist bump. And he, they're like, and they did. They're like, "Oh, that's cool, America." <laughs> really? Uh, kind that's of. That's so cool. I don't know if uh, they were truly as enamored, and they took it back to England. <laughs> they were like, "Check this out, <laughs> mates! Hi, oh, mates! Cheers! Look, Daps, Doug." Yeah, but that was a cool story for me because I did like get to meet them and show them this. And then as they're walking away. You see another one of your friends, and he's like, "Hey, I'm wasted, bro." And you're like, "Oh yeah, pound it." And you pound, and he's like, <laughs> and he does the blow up thing. And they turn oh, around, and no. like, "How the, how the bloody hell did he do that?" Hey, mates, mates, look at this guy here. He just made his fist explode. I'm not even lying. Speaking of that show that I went to, my next choice was my last double, Coheed and Cambria. I went with one of their uh, early songs, June Song Provision. I love that love song. Love that fucking song. Great song. Um, Off a of second stage album. Turbine Blade, yeah. Yes. And uh, this was one of the songs actually at that show that I fell in love with. 
Okay. Next, a band. Have you ever heard of Emery? Yes. I uh, have heard of them, but I don't know much about them. They are pretty emo, but they have like, their voices are so beautiful. Is it like a screamo band? I always thought they were like a hardcore band. The, or uh, the first couple albums were screamo, but it kind of progressed more into just singing. But they were, they were such an interesting band to listen to. And this one, the one I chose from their first album, it's called Walls. Okay. And I got really into them. They were the perfect like breakup song band to listen to. I guess for some of theirs, like just like something you could be sad with, you know, when you just want to get sad for a second. And then like when you're ready to even had songs to like be empowered by, you know, after like a break, it's good. It's good to listen to after a breakup. Kind of like the, the lion hear me roar song. No, nothing like that. I know you, I hear you listen to it every day when you pull up to record the podcast, banging that shit out your speakers. That's fucking Emery we're talking about. Never compare it to Katy Perry. Moving on. My next track is another band I discovered on MySpace that sadly only had one album and they never really got famous. And they're from somewhere in California, a sand place. One of the sands. It could be one San Andreas. It could be uh, San Dimas. Los Aranas. It could be San Diego. Who fucking knows? A Love and Suicide. They were a metalcore band. Okay. The song Romance Creates Killers off the album In the Disaster. I stumbled across this band and I thankfully found one of the last copies I could find on Amazon after I had heard them on MySpace. And what's their name again? A Love Ends Suicide. Oh, Such like yeah, a, I remember them. I showed you. Yeah. I, yes. I definitely showed you, you that album. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, that album was so good to me for a long, long time. <laughs> and that was my favorite song off the album. And unfortunately, they never did anything else together because they broke up. Some shit happened. Who knows? You know, bands break up. Such is the way of music. If Steve Jobs was still alive, do you think they would have stayed together for for the jobs? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because they broke up way before he died. (laughs) They broke up like 2007. But maybe if we find the alternate universe where Steve Jobs is still alive, they'll also still be together. Oh, do you think that's the link? Out, just hold out hope. Yeah, for something I can't ever experience and just maybe, maybe think about it. Uh, the next artist, we're going away from the metal and the punk scene for a little bit. We're getting into one of my favorite songwriters in general. Uh, the man is Connor Oberst. The band is Bright Eyes. The song is Bowl of Oranges. It's such a happy, upbeat, there's hope, don't give up type of song. And it's like kind of like a folksy song. I would like a bowl of oranges. Yes. Uh, I had actually, I don't really want to get into this, but I went kind of through a bit of a depression around 2009, 2011, and Connor Oberst definitely uh, picked me up. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I I, say contributed to that. His, <laughs> I just listened no, to him too much, and it's it so depressing. That well, I, no, because the, he had a lot of upbeat songs, and they, yeah, they helped me and gave me hope, and with... His depressing songs, I could sit there and cry with him, cry for him. And like he actually made me feel the emotions and work things out with myself. So thank you, Connor Oberst. You helped me do that. I don't know if that sounds weird. Not at all. I feels you. Uh, the next one is the Postal Service. Cool. Postal Service is great. Is it? What is it? What song? The District Sleeps Alone Tonight. 
my favorite song on the album give up that's probably my favorite song on that album too and that album never gets old even never. even when i'm sick timeless. of timeless yeah even when i'm sick of death cab i still can listen to postal service funny funny you say that cuz i actually don't like death cab at all no but i love the postal service the one album that he it's released. very Death Cab is very catchy, and Ben Gibbard's a very talented songwriter. Very, and he's he doesn't have an irritating voice. He's a good singer, so I enjoy yep. it. And uh, the reason why I actually included this because I hadn't thought about the Postal Service in a while. And the other day on the Pandora station, a coworker of mine was playing. It randomly popped up this song, and I was like. Oh my God, I love this song. <laughs> this song's about me. I just lit the wrong end of my cigarette. No, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I felt like that was the progression I, mean, I was going in. We already established that apparently you just drink vodka at work. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Boss man, you listening? This is not true. It's all for funsies. We're almost done, guys. We're getting close. We're getting close. Next song on my playlist, getting back into the metal, if you will, or the screamo, as some might say, Under Oath. Their second album, they're only chasing safety. I remember Under Oath. The song is Reinventing Your Exit. I fucking loved this song. Cool. Uh, This song was actually the one that got me into Under Oath. I think I heard it on Fuse or something. And yeah, remember when that was a good channel? No. Because I haven't watched TV in so long. It's ridiculous. But that was like when it was a good channel. (laughs) (laughs) What, 2004? Was that? That was the year the album came out, and that's true, yeah. Wow. Yeah. See? (laughs) That is so true. Next, we got another 2004 album, a metal band that I was head over heels for, uh, Haste the Day. Not Tears for Fears. No, Haste the Day. I thought it was Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. No. Oh, my God. But that would be a good song to put on, though. (laughs) That would be. That just goes, add that to both our playlists. Yeah, okay, fair (laughs) enough. Their opening track off the album Burning Bridges, Blue 42, it definitely gets you in the mood to fucking rock your face off and melt it, just face melting for a whole album. That's crazy. Not only will it melt your first, it'll rock your face (laughs) off. Yes. And then then your face will start to melt. Yeah. Like it will, the song has been rocked off. It'll melt. Yes. It'll hit the steaming hot pavement that the song just, yeah. the vibration from the amps and the friction of the pavement just made it so hot and the, it your face hits it and just melts. So yeah, I'm glad you knew that because in no way did I flub my words. I meant to say it in that order specifically. Um, Craig's like, that's crazy. Clearly you haven't listened to it, but <laughs> Craig's like, no, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm saving it. The song saving that one. <laughs> The song is Blue 42. And it's kind of funny because I noticed as I was doing this playlist, a lot of songs I chose were the first songs to the album that they were on. Oh, yeah? It's just weird that it kind of worked out that way for me. The next one is actually one of the last songs on one of my favorite hardcore albums, Old School, From Autumn to Ashes, off their first album, Too Bad You're Beautiful. No, it's not Cherry Kiss. No, it's not Short Stories of Tragic Endings. Great choices, though. It is Eulogy for an Angel. Okay. That song gets me every time. I remember listening to that album in high school, but I don't remember any of the songs. But if I hear them, I recognize right. them. Like That's pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah, I used to listen to them a lot, probably senior year. Dude, that whole album, man. 
Uh, I was so into From Mom to an Tashes for a long time. That was actually one of the first band hoodies I ever bought, and I can still wear it to this day. It's missing one of its pockets. We should start our own hardcore band called From Dollars to Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> From Dollars! <laughs> From Dollars to Donuts. And we could sing songs about food, like Subway. We could do a song about Jared <laughs> in his life. This is still a negotiation. Oh, okay. Well, we're almost done. I have one last song on my playlist, and then I am over. And is this one by One Last Spot? <laughs> you are so close, actually. What kind of man would I be if I made a playlist of this type of music and not include friends of the podcast, One Last Shot? It oh, is wow. a One Last Shot song. Nice. I, I was just making it funny again there. But Off sweet. their 2013 awesome album, Bastards of the Plague, very fresh, Neon Gods. Okay. Great song. Love this song. You guys really do kick ass. Uh, Anytime you want to come back on, please come back on. Love you all. There's my playlist. You made it awkward. No, because I love everybody. You're just being ignorant. You're ignorant. (laughs) That's Craig's playlist. Um, You know, maybe we should have said this first, but you don't have to sit there with a pen and paper if you want to check these all out. Just go like us on Facebook and we'll post the lists and maybe even if we can throw something together on like YouTube or eight tracks or something. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'd totally be down to do that. Yeah. And actually throw the playlist up there for you to listen to. We'll see what we can do. We'll throw something together for you. That would be awesome. So my playlist, um, also known as the playlist that nobody will like, but me (laughs) is, uh, as I said, all over the map, I don't even have an order. So I'm just going to kind of pick songs at random from the list and delete them from the list because ah. I typed them out. I, right, so yeah. you don't accidentally say them again. All right, let's go in since a lot of yours were nostalgic and a lot of yours were very uh, punk rock and and heavy. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go in with something that's also nostalgic, but something that's a lot more. I know you had some upbeat shit like that Conor Oberst, but something a lot more upbeat and inspiring. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Are you going to name your playlist? The playlist that only I will like. Yes. Okay. Playlist. Is that what it is? I, I defy anyone else out there to, to like every song on this playlist. If you are out there and you like every song on this playlist, like you should let us know because that's probably a first that yeah, there's someone that likes every song on one of my playlists. You would definitely, most likely, probably be a subscriber it's, and you should rate us five you stars. You would definitely, most likely, probably be a, dummy, a dummy account that Nathan created to give our age another subscribe i agree i love those songs we can't really do that can we uh the first song we're gonna go with here is mr wendell by arrested development oh mr wendell yeah Yeah, dude uh the song about the homeless guy who got shoved by the newscaster Yes. Mr. Wendell got shoved by the newscaster. He is a dick. (laughs) He just wanted to say that he had the measles once. But we don't want to hear his wisdom. We'd rather hear this white guy with a toupee. Oh, I hope it's not a toupee. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just imagining a white guy with a toupee. (laughs) Could be hair plugs. Yeah, that was a great, awesome uh, hip-hop song that was really popular in the early 90s. uh, Yeah. It's dope. I dug it back in the day. All right, number two. Let's swing back into some uh, some punk rock. Uh, Craig, you ever listen to Title Fight? Can't say I have, man. No, 
you'd probably really dig them. Um, probably. You should check it out. Uh, I put a song called Like a Ritual. Basically, what I did to pick to make this playlist was I just kind of took my most recent playlist with a bunch of shit on it and i narrowed it down so that if there were like two title fight songs i narrowed it down to one you know okay and uh that's what i narrowed it down to was like a ritual um but there's i think they only have two three albums they're really good man they're uh kind of post-hardcore they have a little bit of a pop punk influence but it doesn't sound like pop punk as long as it doesn't sound like pop punk no i'm not a pop punk fan just just brand new just brand new. Well, no. There was a time that I liked a Good Charlotte album, and there was a time... And then I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. Yeah, Good Charlotte's not on either of our lists. Uh, my next song... I know what a fool's errand that shit was. The next song is, of course, Seasons by Good Charlotte. Is Some it really? It reminds me of... Oh, my God. No, you had me con- I, was I was just like, joking. wow. <laughs> That's not even one of their great ones. Well, kind that of was, was. That was... The- if, if I was going to put a good Charlotte song on there, that'd be it. But uh, Mine would have been Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. Okay. That <laughs> was their second album, right? I couldn't know. I don't know. Even by then. Young and the Hopeless. I remember being in high school. I'd listen. I, I gave up on Good Charlotte while I was still in oh, high school. Oh, those guys were so fucking <laughs> fake. I listened to the first album a little bit, and then I, was, I got over it. And uh, I remember reading in like Rolling Stone or something, uh, one of the lead singers or whatever was like, real punks don't whine. That was the quote, and I was like, okay. So why do you, Joel? <laughs> I thought his name was Joel. Joel Madden. <laughs> That's his name? Yeah. No, I don't have his picture on my wall. Damn you. No, but you know what? For the next one, I will pick something that's kind of emo that I used to listen to back in the day. Cool. A little pop punky and emo, but not good Charlotte. Uh, the Get Up Kids. Oh, to them. yeah. Yeah? I used to like them. Dude, word. I loved the Get Up Kids. Do you remember the song 10 Minutes? 10 Minutes to Downtown? No. No? Okay. I didn't listen to a lot of them, but I did I did dig them for a little bit. It's good. It's like proto-emo. It's not... Sometimes it's it's super depressing, but it still seems really like pop-punky. And yeah, I definitely recommend that song. If I just realized I kind of wanted to put a Me First and the Gimme Gimme song on there. Well... Maybe I couldn't because they're actually... None of them actually their songs. They're and all you, covers. you also couldn't because it happened in the past, Craig. I already... Yeah, playlist is over. Yup. <laughs> Yup. <laughs> this is my playlist. That's what Nathan said to me. He mouthed it. All right, the next song, Craig. We're going for pure 80s cheesecake. Oh, I love 25-plus-year-old cheesecake. No Looking Back by Michael McDonald. <laughs> really? Yes, really. Deadass. Yes, I've been this listening to This dude has a Michael song. McDonald song. It's... <laughs> on his playlist. It's if if you need one song that sounds like that, that's the song. <laughs> it's so like iconic of that like cheesy. Everybody knows what you sing, girl. <laughs> it's so it's it's it'll 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 catch it'll uh, grow on you. Yeah, there is actually one song I'm really hoping is on your playlist that months ago we rocked out to so hard that was like early '90s cheese. Um, was it? Probably wasn't, but was it I Love Your Smile by Shanice? No. No, no it was not. <laughs> but good try. We headbang in the car going through the Burger King drive-thru. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, like it? New track. 
Brand new, 1993 and shit. I don't know if that was the year, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a pretty good track record with guessing years. So, I Love Your Smile by Shawnees. Okay. Um, next, let's go with something that is brand new. Brand this, new. No, actually, <laughs> no. That, that would be pretty funny if I was like, last chance to lose your car keys. No, no, because that was on mine. You have to now go to 70 times 7. Actually, I'm going .38 Airweight which is a new track from Doomtree's brand new album, All Hands. Ah, sweet. Doomtree's kick ass. They're a seven-piece hip-hop act from Minnesota. Few of them make beats. Few of them do raps. Few of them do their own things. They all uh, do their Danger own Doom's things. on that, right? Danger Doom? No. No. Danger Doom is MF, MF Doom. Doom. I mean, and, MF uh, Doom's no. on that, right? No. 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 Ah, Really? <laughs> yeah, no, MF Doom's not part of Doom Tree. That's sad because I was listening to Doom Tree, picturing MF Doom as a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. They should collaborate. I don't know why they haven't. It, it makes seems sense. Like it only makes sense. It does. I can't imagine either of them being like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, point .38 Airweight's pretty cool, though. The album's, uh, there's a lot of really impressive lyricism on it. And this song is actually a lot about uh, Bernie Goetz, uh, the guy who like shot like these four dudes that were trying to mug him on the subway back in the eighties. It was it was this like old racist white dude, and he like it was it was this fucked up thing because like at first people were like, oh, this guy's kind of cool, he's kind of a hero. There are these four hoodlums, and then he talked to the media and he realized he was like this racist scumbag, and then it came out that like none of them had guns on him, and there was this whole like, and he just shot all four of them dead, like right on the subway. It was this fucked up shit. Oh. Yeah, it was fucked up. Why did um, the news tell me about this? Well, it was in the like early Where 90s. were you, Steve Kuzj? <laughs> <laughs> you either hadn't been born yet or had just been born, so... But the the title is a reference to the gun that he was using, and there's a lot of allusions to it in the lyricism. Of course, this isn't a racist song. Um, right. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, it's not something you can pin a meaning down on, you know. POS talks a lot about, like, Charles Bronson as well, so can't help but be reminded of that. I don't know. It's, it's cool, though. You should definitely check it out. If you're not familiar with Doomtree, check the whole album out. You heard that, suckas? All right, next track. Stressed Out by A Tribe Called Quest featuring Faith Evans. Sweet. You like A Tribe Called Quest? Tribe's pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah, I used to listen uh, to them on Yo! MTV raps back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. I absolutely, one of my favorite hip-hop acts of all time. And this is a really great song. I don't know if you particularly remember this one. It wasn't one of their big hits or anything. But really good song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall <laughs> that specific song. Maybe if I heard it, I would know it. One of those types of jiggers. Hey! <laughs> I said jig. All right. All I right. do a jig as a dance. All right, burning guts. <laughs> oh. Uh, next track. Like I said, I threw a Dance Gavin Dance song on here, too. Sweet. First Dance Gavin Dance song I had ever heard. It's Blue Dream. It's to this day, still my favorite. You know what's funny is I considered putting Blue Dream on my album, oh, yeah. on my playlist. I went with... And I th- and I told them I invented Times New Roman. Sweet, uh, works out good that way. Yeah, I almost had that on there. That part of me was like, well, if Nathan uses a Dance Gavin Dance song, I think he's going to use this because I know it's his favorite Dance Gavin Dance song. So good. The 
the guitar is really like it's, it's it a mellow it's one of their mellow songs chill and mellow but then it gets harder then it gets heavy and it gets really punk rock like hardcore that sounds like punk rock and then it and then the the singing on it is beautiful like yeah, it's it really it's is. great so good um so speaking of some really really hardcore punk rock uh one of the most punk rock albums i've heard in a while i guess it's actually an ep it's only two tracks oh it's a group called wharf rats um, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like Worf the, the prostitute. No, I was thinking of the prostitute women that get with all the uh, the the people that are crab fishing stuff. <laughs> they were called wharf rats. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Well, apparently the original wharf rats were uh, like Grateful Dead fans that didn't do drugs or drink alcohol. So like straight edge hippies, I guess. Is that a thing? <laughs> They're called war frats. Like, nope. No, I'm Googling this right now. It doesn't exist. Never existed. Impossible. When uh, I go to Yahoo search, all I can find for war frats is a band. It just doesn't hold up because if you, if you were, okay, just hear me out. If you were following the grateful dead across the country, Going to each of their shows, yeah, and you no weren't doing drugs, drugs, you would turn around after the first show <laughs> and go home. Maybe the second, if they had a particularly good show, and go home. You would say, Oh my God, there's way too much drug use here. Where's my I'm iPod classic? I would rather just listen to you in my bubble bath. Thank you very much. Uh, Wharf Rats, the band, though, is a total different type of music. Uh, it's actually P.O.S., one of the rappers from Doomtree, uh, members of the band Anti-Flag, and members of the band Alexis on Fire. Sweet. Who I prefer to call Alex is on fire because it's all one word so that you can't tell. I yeah, call you, him, you can't tell which one it is. Yeah, I call him Alex is on fire. I, I would call them that sometimes. <laughs> oh, God, Alex is I'm on going fire. Between, I'm going between Alexis on fire and Alex is on fire. Um, it is Alexis on fire, but... Yeah, uh, really cool. There's only two tracks. I had to buy it from iTunes, but totally worth it. It's like two bucks. You get two tracks. The most punk rock shit you'll hear. So great. It it, it covers the base of what I want to hear from like classic punk, pop punk, hardcore screaming punk. Like it just it's great. And Sweet. Uh, I picked the song Capital Gains. I could have put them both on there and I'd have the whole album. But <laughs> check it there out. There you go. You didn't want to put a full album on there. Even if it was only four minutes worth of songs. Next is one of my favorite posse cuts. This is a song called Show and Prove. Uh, it appeared on a Big Daddy Kane album. And it features, of course, Big Daddy Kane, Scoob Lover, Sauce Money, Shaheem. Do you remember Shaheem, the little kid that was down with Wu-Tang? Yeah, uh, of Old Dirty Bastard. Do you remember Old Dirty Bastard? The Old Dirty Bastard that was down with Wu-Tang? <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> Shaheem, yes. ODB, no, I never heard of him. And uh, Young Jay-Z, who, not, this isn't a separate rapper called Young Jay-Z. I know with ASAP Rocky, it's it's easy to think that rappers just rip off other rappers' names all the time. Yeah, I just thought but, it was, yeah, I was thinking it was Jay-Z as a child. Or Young Jeezy, you Young just Jay-Z, he managed to rip off two rappers at once, Young Jeezy and Jay-Z. Um, no, Jay-Z, like before he was famous, very young, doing a like, chicka da chicka da mega da digga da like rap. It's pretty cool. It's dope. <laughs> chicka da chicka da chicka Oh, so it was like, uh, crisscross. <laughs> wiggity, 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 whack. Uh. It, it, it's totally got that Jay-Z swag to it, but, uh, it's, it's a really cool posse cut. Uh, 
long and uh it's it's fun if you don't know who's on it even though i just told you because you're like oh shit odb everybody but buster rhymes yay <laughs> wait where was buster rhymes he wasn't on that no lame he's on every posse cut why wasn't he on that one right he's even on h halloween h2o <laughs> <laughs> he was not okay that was l cool j Buster Rhymes was on in Resurrection. Oh, really? I always yeah. get those. H2O just sounds like the hip-hop one, you know? Well, yeah, because LL Cool J played the security guard. That's not as memorable. Kind of was. <laughs> he didn't, like, try to fight Michael Myers, or did he? He did. Buster Rhymes, like, tried to, Buster like, Rhyme, no. box him, right? Buster Rhymes successfully killed Michael Myers. Oh, that's right. That's serious. At and the he end said, of trick the or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, we talked about this on the fucking Michael Myers episode. Jesus. Ugh. 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 <laughs> All right. Sorry. That makes me ill to think of that. Next, we've got my Conor Oberst. When I listen to this dude's lyrics and shit. Oh, shit. You got Conor Oberst the on there? No, it's my, what you were saying about your Conor Oberst. Oh. Like, that you can connect to it, and it's upbeat, but a lot of times has, like, you know, like, helps you out when you're feeling Can low. I take a guess at who it is for you? Yeah, sure. Kevin Drew. No, no, no. This is uh, Every Day is Like Sunday by Morrissey, which I think is a great... Oh, by Morrissey. It's a great yes. upbeat downer. Like, it's, uh, I think, the definitive upbeat downer. Sure is. <laughs> I don't know about you, but between Morrissey and the Smiths, who needs friends? <laughs> uh, next, You Guys Are Gonna Wake Up My Mom by a band called Field Mouse. They're obviously singing songs about their sleepovers in sixth grade. <laughs> But it's a really cool sort of dreamy, like distant, like kind of shoegazing. It, it's it's fun. It's good and uh, weird, but uh, really, really good. Good. <laughs> I like good. the title. You Grant, guys are going to wake it's up. It's really my mom. good. Uh, let's go punk rock again. This is a song called Tony Randall by Bikini Kill. This is like some riot girl punk rock. Are you so, familiar with Bikini Kill? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with Tony Randall. <laughs> Good guy. You, he's like, are you sure it's not the other way around? I didn't know Tony yeah. Randall did punk did a rock. song called Bikini Kill. <laughs> um, it's a Bikini Kill is cool if you like like angry hardcore like punk rock chicks. Um, it's fun. This is one of their more like kind of acoustic like you know like bouncy songs. Yeah, but... I liked Josie and the Pussycats. Does that count? It's nothing like Josie oh, and the okay. Pussycats. Is it more like Kitty? Remember that no, band? it's not like Kitty either. Remember that's, that band? That's they like were terrible. Scream new metal or something. Yeah, it was pretty bad. They were like the female Slipknot. No, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, like angry mid nineties uh, punk rock. Oh, like when that chick did ninety nine Love Balloons. More like that. Sure, sure, sure. Kind of like okay. that. A little closer. You're a little not, closer. Not quite, but you're getting there. How about uh, Coming Eileen? <laughs> How about we move on? Okay. Next, um, none of my playlists are complete without a song by Ani on there. So Elaborate. Are... I don't think everybody knows who Ani is. Ani DeFranco. Yeah, well, now they shouldn't know. be listening to the iPod episode. <laughs> it's kind of weird because it's almost as if you grew a scarf and a bunch of pretentiousness just in the last three seconds. And a mustache and a PBR, which is cool because I don't have anything to drink right now. And a pumpkin peach ale. And no Budweiser, just Budweiser. That's what the hipsters drink. They don't drink Budweiser. They do there's, now ever since Budweiser told them not to. <laughs> oh, right, right. I keep forgetting about that part. So the song I put on there was Out of Habit 
but particularly the living in clip live version where she does these little like impromptu kind of spoken word like riffs in between verses it's pretty dope oh my god my mind was just blown i'm still on this whole budweiser thing (laughs) i'm sorry but do you think that was the whole point of their marketing ploy like if we do this hipsters will now drink our beer ironically that yeah keep up craig that was last episode but i was doing it as a joke last episode i legit think that's the truth we're uncovering your scheme budweiser truth will set you free uh, next is sort of this really crazy, weird electronica song called Martha by a group called 20 Knives. Uh, I checked out their album and there wasn't much else of note on there, but this song is cool. If you don't like vocal effects and stuff, you won't like it, but it's cool. The vocal effects on it are like trippy and, and cool. Veronica huh? or 20 Knives. Huh? Martha by Martha. a band called 20 Knives or a group, a electronica producer probably. Uh, Craig, have you ever heard of Neck Deep? I've been Neck Deep a few times, but no. Neck Deep is sort of like a modern pop punk band. They they sound like a grown up pop pop punk band. They, they... So what you're saying is they sound like nowadays Fall Out Boy. No, it reminds me of the shit we listened to in high school, like uh, Get Up Kids or you know Brand New or. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff, but it's it seems a little more grown up. Like, it doesn't seem like it's just for kids, for teenagers, you know? Ah, um, it's and, not so, I, I want to move out, Dad. Yeah, I, I, it's still got a little bit of that edge to it. And, you know, it's undeniably pop punk, but I, it, it, it's nostalgic in and of itself, even though it's completely new to me. And they're a, very, they're a relatively newer band. Um, the song I put on here was Crushing Grief, and then in parentheses, No Remedy. But neck deep, check them out. They're pretty cool. Will do. And the last song on here, of course, is uh, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. <laughs> oh, sweet. Where does it come from? Heroes. Heroes. The animated series. <laughs> no. My last track. Okay. My last track, man. I had to admit it to myself, man. I couldn't deny it anymore. I love this fucking song. Waiting. <laughs> the last track is Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Really? Really. Oh, I'm so disappointed in it's you. It's a really good song. But I it's not, it. though. I do- I've, heard this so- I've heard this song. You don't like it? I'm I don't. sorry. I really don't. I checked out the rest of the album. I tried to. I have no compassion or any what? kind of room for Taylor Swift in my life. Okay. I just, if I hear a song I like, I like it. I don't, I don't, you know. Make those well, judgments. Yeah. I, I mean, if there comes a day that, you know, Fair Taylor enough. Swift comes out with a song that I enjoy, I have heard this Blank Space song, and I'm not a fan. I tried to check out the rest of the album. I was like, okay, well, I realized I really like this song, so I'll give it a chance. And after about, like, the 42nd consecutive verse that went A, 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 I, I double-checked to make sure... I hadn't accidentally put on Rihanna or like a Canadian vocal coach tape. <laughs> and, uh, and no, it was Taylor Swift, so I promptly gave up. Eight, no. <laughs> and that's our iPod Classic episode. That is? It is. That's 88 episodes in the book. Crazy 88. Holy shit. 88 episodes. Somebody better get us prepared for 100 we're getting close to that. The lawyers said we weren't allowed to talk about that either. But it wasn't our fault. 
Don't worry about the lawyers, Nathan. I'll handle the lawyers. What you guys can handle is going to check us out on social media to give us those follows and likes and everything that we no, need that. to fuel the podcast and to keep yourself well informed and also like get tons of cool like art and pictures and videos and content and you know we're probably going to start posting even more stuff like breaking news articles as as the news breaks since we only come out weekly so like what well, I don't think they're going to do that you're I don't only think playing yourself if you don't and and I, I still don't think they can handle that guys I'm challenging you I don't think you can handle that to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Can't handle that. You can't handle that like button. It's reverse psychology, right? Yeah. Okay. We, make but sh- 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 we gotta keep it down. You can find us anywhere. You can find us on Facebook. Fairpoint Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter. Fairpoint Pod. SoundCloud. Fairpoint Podcast. YouTube. Fairpoint Podcast. And hey, dude, we're even on Instagram now. So. I'm- I am not quite sure what that is yet. Is that still Fairpoint Podcast? Yep. Uh, Fairpointpodcast.instagram. No, so. It's uh, Instagram.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. So what you're saying is that every social media site can handle Fairpoint Podcast except Twitter? <laughs> Seriously, dude. Seriously. Fairpoint Pod. If 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 it weren't for that, we could just be like, yeah, it's Fairpoint Podcast everywhere. But no. No, Twitter. Twitter's got to be niche and cool with a K-E-W-L. Next week, we're going to keep talking about music. Keep it on music. If you... if you, It's one of the bands that I had on my playlist. Okay. We'll just say that. And if you want it narrowed down between now and next Wednesday, just go follow us on Facebook Seriously. and Twitter and shit, and we'll... we'll let you know sometime. It's I mean, we just there. fucking told you to do this shit. And we'll post those playlists for you. Uh, thanks again for listening. From the Secret Room, I'm Nathan K. And I'm Craig. No, I'm not a vampire. I just like singing about being a vampire, Lewis. Talk to you guys next time. <laughs>